0: Our gospel this morning is from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, and can be found on page 1613 of your Pew Bible. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him, and she had a sister called Mary. Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. This uh, gospel this morning does not mean that it isn't important to be hospitable, and it isn't demeaning. one sister over the other. But it is a, a message that is for all of us, exactly how Christ feels about this topic topic that we're about to uh, discuss. And I have to tell you that today's gospel can make a pastor, um, not this one too bad, but a little bit, uh, uncomfortable. And the reason that Um, a pastor might be uncomfortable is that Jesus said something in today's gospel that makes um, some people um, miffed. I don't know if it's full-on angry, but maybe, but you know, it's it's one of those things that can pierce you. Jesus was, in a sense, he was conducting a Bible study in the home of Mary and Martha, and he said— that Bible study is the one thing necessary. He said it. You can check it out yourself. Uh, I just read it, but that's what Jesus said. And so if there's anyone out there that's miffed at me, like I said earlier, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. So you go ahead and blame Jesus, because he said the one thing needed, needful is Bible study. So we note that Jesus did not say that Bible study was one of many important things. He did not say it was one of even a few things that are necessary. He said that Mary had chosen the one thing that was necessary. And we know that Martha invited Jesus to stay in her home, which is a good thing. And Jesus accepted the invitation and that is also a really good thing. And then Jesus decided to have a Bible study. And Martha's sister, Mary, decided to attend. I kind of think maybe um, Mary was the little sister. And we all know, well, maybe we don't all know, but the littlest, the youngest, is, always seems to get away with everything and not help. That's the way I take it. Well, the right, right there, with Jesus having Mary at his feet, that is also amazing, because at the time, rabbis in the first century, Israel, they did not teach women. Don't get angry at me. That's just what the history says. I know you're not, but they didn't teach women. And even so, despite the, 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 the norms of the time, here is Jesus giving Mary the right To sit in on his Bible study. And so here here is where things get tough. As we read the interaction. Martha felt it was her place. (laughs) It was her place, her house. To scold Jesus. And to, in a sense, attack Mary for attending Bible study. She literally interrupted Jesus. Jesus and criticized him for not telling Mary to get out of the Bible study. And <laughs> you can read that again at your own leisure. I emphasis added for me, but Martha said to the Lord, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. I mean, that's pretty brassy, telling the Lord, Martha's literally scolding Jesus. And then she tried to boss him around. It's there. You heard it. You can read it yourself. I'm not making this up. That is what today's reading from the gospel really says. And the fact is that not much has changed down through the centuries. I have been a member of a few congregations during my life, and in every case there were people who took the teaching in today's gospel to heart. And these people regularly studied the Bible with their pastor and other members of the congregation. And there were people who chose not to be in Bible study. And I'm not talking about those people that uh, could not come because of their health or jobs or other circumstances beyond their control. I'm, I'm talking about the people that, I'm gonna look up here, I'm talking about the people who are perfectly able to come and to study God's word. And they simply stayed away. And I suppose that we shouldn't really be surprised when people who do not attend Bible study, when they complain or criticize. After all, if Martha had the arrogance to criticize the Son of God for having Mary in his Bible study, then pastors should not be surprised when people criticize them or encourage them to attend Bible study regularly as well. Again, if we look here, that's what God's Word says, that one thing that is necessary. It is in today's Gospel. And you, you, you Bible scholars out there, knew that story before I I stated it. You knew what was said, and you know and agree that Mary had chosen the one thing, the one thing that is necessary. Okay, so if we have a problem with the idea that all Christians should regularly attend Bible study, well, if anyone has that that's listening uh, through the internet, if you have a problem with being encouraged to study the Bible regularly, then, then blame Jesus, because that's what he said. It is Jesus who is telling us the Bible study is the one thing that is necessary. And again, if you've got a problem, anyone hearing this, then take it up with Jesus. Okay, so why? Why does Jesus teach that Bible study is so important? Do you know? He himself, Jesus said in John 5, verse 39, He said, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. It is here that Jesus teaches that the best way to get to know Him is to get to know the Scriptures and when jesus prayed for his disciples he also prayed for those who would come to faith through their message jesus prayed in john 17:20 i do not ask for these only but also for those who will believe in me through their word the apostle paul he wrote in romans 10:17 faith Faith comes from hearing, and hearing the Word of Christ. The Word is powerful. The Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Peter to write this. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, he said, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. These verses and others like them teach that the Holy Spirit works through the Word of God. There are no verses that tell of any other way to receive the Holy Spirit. The only promise God gives concerning the work of the Holy Spirit is in connection with God's Word, the Bible. The Bible is not like other books. Most books exist merely to transmit information. Even works of fiction are just as artfully designed. They're an artfully designed collection of the words and action and or thoughts of fictional characters and places. However, the Bible is not like that. That is to say, God's Word actually transmits its topic. The Bible transmits information like other books. That is true. And it tells us that the Son of God took on human flesh, that in the womb of the Virgin Mary and became a man named Jesus. It tells us, that Jesus lived a perfect life of service to the people in his life. It tells us that although he lived a perfect life, the authorities arrested him, and they found him guilty uh, on false charges based on lies. And it tells us that these corrupt authorities managed to get the Son of God tortured and sentenced to death by crucifixion. The Bible does indeed tell us that when Jesus hung on the cross and died that he satisfied God's wrath against all of our sins. And the Bible also tells us that Jesus did not remain in the tomb but rose bodily never to die again. the Bible tells us that Jesus ascended into heaven and that he will return on the last day to judge all people. These are the facts that the Bible transmits to us. However, unlike other books, the Bible does not stop right there. It is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit Spirit has promised to work in, with, and through God's Word. And because the Holy Spirit has promised to work with God's Word, God's Word does not just tell us about Jesus. God's Word actually is Jesus, transmitted to us by the Holy Spirit through the Word. God's Word does not tell us about forgiveness. God's Word actually is forgiveness, transmitted to us by the Holy Spirit. Stay with me. God's Word actually is salvation, transmitted to us. God's Word actually is eternal life, transmitted to us. The Word of God is at work. That is what it means, that the Word of God is a means of grace. You've heard me say that. The Word of God is the way God actually gives Himself to us. The Word of God is not a static source of information. Instead, in Hebrews... Chapter 4, verse 12 The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You see, we are not able. We're not able to travel halfway around the world and almost 2,000 years back in time to the site where Jesus earned salvation for the entire world. We cannot travel to the cross outside of first century Jerusalem where Jesus shed his blood to take away the sin of the world. Instead, the Holy Spirit transmits the forgiveness that Jesus earned for us on the cross into 21st century Westminster, California, via the very Word of God that Jesus says is the one thing necessary. God meets us across time right here, right here in Westminster, right now in this service, Right when you sit down in a Bible study, He meets you right where you're at. And we should not be surprised at this. For Genesis chapter 1 tells us that God created the world by the power of His Word. He spoke, oh boy, He spoke us into existence. He spoke the world into existence. And in a similar way, His Word creates faith in us. It also sustains that faith. As the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this in Romans 1:16, I am not ashamed of the gospel Paul wrote, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to first the Jew and also to the Greek. If the Word of God is indeed that powerful, if the Word of God really is the means by which the Holy Spirit actually gives salvation to us, if, as Jesus says, the Word of God is necessary, the one thing necessary, then we would expect Christians to ask questions like this. Hey, Pastor, Is there any way that we can have some sort of a Bible study more than once a week? If Christians really believed that Jesus said what he said about the Word of God being the one thing necessary, then congregations would drive their pastors into a happy exhaustion as they taught class after class, after class, feeding their members on good food, the good food of God's Word. Christians would look forward to retirement because they could attend an extra Bible study or two during every week. And the simple fact is this, that God delivers His blessings through His Word. And when Jesus says Bible study is the one thing necessary, he is teaching Martha, Mary, and us that God delivers his blessing through his word. And God delivers himself through his word. And so when I or anyone else encourages you to attend Bible study, we are only encouraging you to receive more of God's blessing. We are only encouraging you to get more of God's power, more of God's forgiveness, more of God's salvation. We are encouraging you to get more of the God who took on human flesh and sacrificed himself for your eternal life. God's word has only benefits for those who are in Christ, there um, there is a theological term that applies to God's gospel, and and that that term is a gospel imperative. Gospel imperative, and a gospel imperative is something that sounds like a command, but it's really something that we already want to do. It's just it's just part of who we are. And if I give you an example, um, a hungry family, imagine, is milling around the house and they're wondering what's going on and when they're gonna get fed for about 45 minutes or something to eat. And then finally, the person cooking says, Come and get it. Strictly speaking, this is a a command. Come and get it. And almost never, unless they're playing a video game, almost never does one say, ah, man, do I got to eat now? Instead, They immediately comply with the orders of the head cook. They come and they get it, not because of the order, but because they're hungry. So in the same way, in the same way with Bible study, our spirits are hungry. God feeds us through his word. It is the means by which Jesus reveals himself to us. And he showers us with his gifts. And we passively receive his blessing as he serves us. This is especially true of the blessings of forgiveness, the blessings of life and salvation that Jesus earned for us on the cross. You see, Jesus wants us to have these gifts. And that is the reason that he taught That his word is the one thing that you need, the one thing that is necessary. The Son of God has prepared the meal. The Son of God has said, Come and get it. And the hungry souls come and get forgiveness. The hungry souls come and get salvation. The hungry souls come and get eternal life. In the name of Jesus, Amen.